It's going to be a lively time. The rest of you can find your way to the book of Lamentations. Now, that's in the Old Testament. And I'll give you a hint here. It's situated between Jeremiah and Ezekiel. So if you find Jeremiah in the Old Testament and it'll go to the next book, it'll be Lamentations. If you find Ezekiel, you just flip backwards until you run into Lamentations. And uh, that'll be there in your Old Testament and Lamentations chapter 3. <clears throat> Lamentations chapter number 3. So good to see you this morning. What a joy it is uh, to be together. And uh, I trust God is meeting your needs. I, I am... I am aware always, every Sunday, that when we all gather together, uh, we're all coming from various walks of life with various challenges and various burdens and, and various needs. And I'm thankful that we can come here with confidence, knowing that we are meeting with the one who can help us, the one who will give us the victory we all need. And uh, what an encouragement that is. Uh, Lamentations chapter 3 is uh, where we'll find our place. And I'm going to read beginning in verse 21. Verse 21. The Bible says, Jeremiah the prophet speaking here, This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him to the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. With God's help this morning, I want to bring a message entitled, The Never Failing Faithfulness of God. The Never Failing Faithfulness of God. I love how the Spirit of God works in helping us determine His will. And sometimes as a preacher... I may battle even up to the weekend, Friday of Saturday, even though I've studied and prepared about the Lord leading me in a different direction as far as the message is concerned. I always try to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading. And I had planned this week to be in Romans chapter 8 uh, to continue our study, and uh, but I battled with that. I couldn't get peace, and I prayed, and, and uh, the Lord used various circumstances to lead me uh, to preach on this message on the subject of God's faithfulness. And even uh, in my uh, fallibility and just uh, my weakness and understanding that even sometimes I doubt uh, whether or not I have discerned the will of God correctly, I love it how He gives us confirmation. Aren't you grateful how the Lord does that? And if you're a person that walks with the Holy Spirit, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And he did that this morning. Mike, Brother Mike had no idea, had no idea that I was praying between some messages and uh, where to go. And this morning I got the order of service and right down there we sang it together. Great is thy faithfulness. I said, thank you, Lord. 
So I don't know who needs this message. In my opinion, I believe we all do. But I want to just give some aspects of God's faithfulness that I believe are so helpful to us and where we're at today. And I can't exhaust this subject. It's, we're going to be spending eternity discovering the faithfulness of God. It's, I can't hit every angle. I wish I could. We, we just won't be able to do it. And your meatloaf will burn and it won't be good. But, but we will seek with the help of the Holy Spirit just to be reminded of the faithfulness of God. Because I'm talking about coming from a man by the name of Jeremiah who is writing these exact words in a time of great darkness in his life. Chapter 3 is wedged between uh, chapters 1 and 2 and chapters uh, 4 and 5. Both 1 and 2 and 4 and 5 are rather dark chapters. They speak of the, the destruction and the devastation that has come upon the people of God, the children of Israel. Jerusalem is in ruins. The people have been taken captive by the Babylonians. And there's just rubbish. There's destruction. There's heartbreak. And Jeremiah is a heartbroken man. He has he prophesied and tried to tell them that it was coming. They would not listen. They ended up turning on him. And that's why he is referred to many as the weeping prophet. But... Right in the midst, right in the middle of darkness, this man of God is reminded of hope. Hope. And he calls to mind an attribute that we all need to be reminded of every day, especially when things are dark, things seem hopeless. We need to be reminded, ladies and gentlemen, of the faithfulness of God. This morning, I tell you what, church, we can be encouraged. You can be encouraged to the very fact that even when you're not faithful and when I'm not faithful, he remains faithful. I'm encouraged by that this morning. So let's ask the Holy Spirit to just illumine our hearts and minds with his word. Would you pray with me? God Almighty, thank you for... The wonderful singing this morning, the great, wonderful ministry of our choir. And Lord, all those that made a decision to come to church this morning to obey your spirit and your word. Thank you for them coming and participating, joining their voice, joining their hearts in allegiance, in adoration to the most high God, Jesus Christ. We give you glory. We're thankful this morning. Holy Spirit, that you're able to help us. You're able to convince us and comfort us. And Lord, I just pray you'd do that very, very thing. We are feeble and we look to thee. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The never failing faithfulness of God. As I mentioned, Jeremiah is at a low point in his life. But it's so fascinating to me that in the midst of it, it just verse 21, he says, this I recall to my mind. You know, he started talking to himself. You know, we talk to ourselves. My dad used to do that and it used to embarrass me to no end. 
we would be in public and my dad would be talking. This is before we had the AirPods and the Bluetooth. I mean, now you look at people and they're going, well, they're talking on the phone. It's still a little bit hard to get used to, but this is before that. My dad would just be having a conversation with himself. I'm like, Dad, stop. He's like, son, be quiet. I'll talk to myself if I want to. I was like, okay, Dad. But you know, it's good to talk to yourself, but the, the, the question you need to ask yourself, what are you telling yourself? Because your thoughts are your words speaking to yourself. You, your words matter that you speak to others, but I want to tell you they're just as important, if not more important, of the words that you speak to yourself. And those words need to be based upon the truth of God's holy word. And I think upon the the truth this morning as we look at this man, he recalls to his mind and the things that he's going to recall to his mind, they bring hope. And I don't know who I'm speaking to tonight, but I may be speaking to someone tonight, uh, this morning, excuse me, that you just don't feel like you have hope. Well, I want to tell you, God is there for you and me. I may be speaking to someone that you do not know that whether or not you have the hope of eternity. As Brother Ben was singing the truth of heaven, perhaps you were looking at those things wondering, I'm not sure if I'm even going there. I don't even know for sure. I'd like to be, but I, I don't have that hope, that certainty. You know, God wants to meet you right there. And for you to come to Him through His Son, Jesus Christ, that died for your sins, rose again the third day victoriously. And when you will believe that by genuine faith and receive Him, He will give you the hope that will last for eternity. It does not fade. It does not go away. It's not a work for. It's not a maybe. It's secure in Christ. But Jeremiah speaks of... The faithfulness of God. He calls to mind the Lord's mercies. You notice in verse 22 that that phrase, the Lord's mercies, that's a specific type of mercy. There are different words used for mercy in the word of God. And in this specific context, it talks about God's loyal love. His royal, loyal love, his committed love to his children. But it speaks of his character and the fact that God also, we understand, doesn't just love his children, which he does with an everlasting love. But we understand also that God loves the world, the whole world, everybody, every person. He loves them. And I always like to point out that he died for every one of them. Please don't ever fall for the doctrine of limited atonement. I believe in unlimited atonement. The blood was shed for every single person. And it's because of God's love for them. We understand our God's mercy is awesome. As the choir was singing... Awesome God. He's awesome because He's faithful. He's holy. He's love. He's grace. Oh, my friends, this morning, may we be encouraged by the never failing 
grace and mercy and love of God Almighty. Do you understand this morning? God never fails. Let's say that together. Would you say it with me? God never fails. One more time. God never fails. Do you believe that? Let it transform your walk with God. No matter how dark it is, we know God never fails. Now, we can't give that testimony, can we? (laughs) We fail all the time, don't we? You know, it's not even 11 o'clock yet. Well, yeah, it is 11.30. Excuse me, I thought I had an extra hour to preach this morning. See, I just failed right there. I failed to give the right time. My point is this. It's not even noon yet. And you know, everyone in this room has already failed in some way today. In fact, if you haven't failed, would you just mind raising your hand? I want to talk to you after the service. Get some notes from you. You know why we fail, folks. It's because we're frail. We're, we're, we are, we still have that sin nature. We don't want that to be the norm. We want to, to walk with God, that to be the norm. But we, without fail, will fail. At times. And, 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 and because not only we are frail and feeble, but we're forgetful. We forget so easily, don't we? I find myself, I'm only 42 years old, and I find myself going into rooms asking myself, why did I come in here? Y'all pray for me. It happens. You know, uh, you know, you, you, you misplace things and, and, uh, we're just, we're just that way. And, and thank God when we get to heaven, that won't be a problem. We won't be forgetting anything. I'm thankful for that. People fail, don't they? Things fail. Things in our home fail. Things are broken. Anybody have anything broken in their house right now? Yeah, I see people looking at each other. It happens, doesn't it? What about vehicles? Don't vehicles fail? Oh, yeah. The Lord 2022 taught me a lot about that. (laughs) Head gaskets blow, okay? And and, uh, it failed. I'm holding my breath on this next one, okay? (laughs) But we all do. We all, no matter the technology you have in today's technology, you can't hardly work on your own cars anymore. The way they're going with computerized vehicles, it's like, man, it's like you used to could maybe uh, do a little bit, but it's getting harder and harder. But even those computers are going to fail. They're going to mess up. Bodies fail. Anybody here been hurting recently? Anybody here had a sickness recently? Maybe even right now. Some are saying, Pastor, I hurt every morning. It may be true. It's because we're, our bodies are failing, but thank God we'll get some new ones one day. And there will be no expiration date on them. I read recently an article. I, always, I was like, man, I'm only 42 years old and I find myself grunting getting up. Or getting down. Huh. Oh. But I'm thankful I came across an article the other day that says it is, it, there is scientific evidence that that actually does help you feel better. <laughs> you know, 
We can talk about the things that fail, and we do, and things do. I'm so thankful this morning that we serve and worship the great God of heaven who never fails. You know why? Because He's completely faithful. He's completely reliable, completely trustworthy because he makes no mistakes. He makes no error. He is completely consistent in all of his moral and natural attributes. He's God and he's trustworthy. He's faithful. And that's what Jeremiah was coming to. He was coming to a dark time in his life and he was looking at his circumstances. He was looking at his surroundings and through the help of the Holy Spirit, he brought to mind that God is Full of mercy. Notice what the Bible says that uh, his mercies that that we are not consumed. Well, you can make all kinds of applications to that. You know, it's by God's mercies that we're not in hell right now. God saved me. Twenty one years ago. And there are times that I, I should have died. I can recall back times. I, I believe I should have died. I just believe there was an angel there that, that was protecting me. And if I would have died at that moment, I believe I would have woke up in a place called hell. Never, never having an opportunity to be free. But I just want to thank God tonight for His mercy. He withheld that judgment from my soul. The judgment I deserved. He withheld it. He had placed it upon His Son, Jesus Christ. And He's waiting for the whole world to believe and receive His Son, Jesus, for salvation. It's His mercies were not consumed. But not only my soul, but I want to say practical life. Life gets heavy, folks. Let's all be honest here. There are times life gets dark. Well, the world we live in, I don't care if it's China or America, wherever you live in this world, they faced it through all the ages from the garden, from the curse, or surrounded by darkness. But you know what? Because of God, in the midst of darkness, we can have hope. We can be light. Light! I, I have light. I'm thankful for that verse that says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. That the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, cleanses us from all sin. First John 1, 7. And when I'm reminded of that, you know, I could walk in a dark world with light. The hope of God. I read a quote recently that says, something you can give and keep at the same time. Is your word. Now as creatures. Feeble creatures that are forgetful and feeble. And we falter. We sometimes will give our word. I I understand as a parent. I'll tell my kids we're going to do this. And then I end up not following through with it like I should. And that's that's something I always want to work on. And we do that sometimes each other. Sometimes by accident. Sometimes on purpose. Whatever the case may be. But I want to tell you. That's not the case with my God, because God has given us his word and he will keep it every time. Guaranteed. Every promise in the book 
is mine. Now, I'm careful to say that because, thank God, that statement is not absolutely accurate, but I get the understanding of the song. Because, listen, the promise to the unbelievers and their coming judgment, that one's not mine. My promise is heaven because I've believed in Jesus. But nevertheless, the promise to God's people, and we have so many of them, are indeed reliable, trustworthy. We can hide them in our hearts. We can stand upon them. And we know that God is faithful. There's so many verses that talk about the faithfulness of God. You know, I like what Leonard Ravenhill said about about faith. He said, he said, I have no faith in my faith. He said, my faith is in the faithfulness of God. I love that. It's not in my faith. It's in the faithfulness of the Lord. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1, 9, God is faithful. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 there it talks about the temptation that is that is uh, that is common to man. But it says, but God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. I think of first Peter chapter four, verse 19. Wherefore, let him, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls, their life to him and well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Faithful. May we celebrate this morning the faithfulness of God. He's not going to let you down, friend. He never has. He never will. You walk out of this church this morning believing and trusting in the faithfulness of God to deliver you, to provide for you, to strengthen you, to transform you. He is going to do it. Can I draw your attention to several aspects of God's faithfulness? Number one, if you're taking notes, think about God's faithfulness with his compassions. The Bible says in our text there, if you notice, he says in verse number 23, 22, he says, the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his what? Let's say that together there in verse 22, because his compassions fail not. What do you think of on when you think of the compassion of the Lord? What comes to mind? I think of his his great love, his great care, his great concern. I'm thankful God's he, he's concerned about me in the sense of that he cares about what's going on in my life. He cares about what's going on in my heart and my thoughts. He is his attention is there. I think of his compassion. He wants and has, I should say. Felt our hurts. Now, folks, I'm going to be the first to say this to you this morning. I don't totally understand that, but I believe it because God's word says that Jesus Christ has felt every single temptation that I ever will feel or have felt. We have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all ways tempted like as we are yet without sin. That's what the book says. Jesus knows what you're going through. 
It may not be painted on the outside exactly like it was, but when the devil came and tempted Jesus, there was four ways that, that the devil tempted him. And that is the foundation of all temptations, those three. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Every, every temptation flows under those three categories. And those are the ways that de- the devil tried to get after the Lord Jesus Christ. And so tonight, I can know, and this I keep saying tonight, praise the Lord, I hope that means everybody's coming back tonight. But this morning, I, I think of the fact that, that we have a God who is faithful to know what we're going through. And would you admit with me tonight that it makes a difference when somebody can come alongside? We fail. Would you admit with me this morning that it makes a difference when someone comes to you and says, I know what you're going through. It just makes a difference. I'm not saying that somebody that does come and comfort you and says, look, I just want to let you know I'm praying for you. And, and I, I, I appreciate that. But there's just something about when someone comes to you and says, I went through the same thing. I went through something similar. And I want you to know I'm bearing your burden with you. I'm praying for you. And those of you here in this room that have been through various trials, everybody has. Don't, don't, don't regret necessarily. Don't shun those trials. Because those trials will be used to minister to others. That are going through something similar or will go through something similar. But I think of God's compassion. Feeling our hurt. He feels the hurt of a lost and dying world. When Jesus looks at, at the vileness of this world, as He looks at people who are steeped in sin, seeking for hope in all the wrong areas, I believe Jesus looks across this world and He looks at these souls and He's moved with compassion. He's moved with compassion. You say, Brinson, how do you reconcile that when the Bible says that God is angry with the wicked every day? How do you reconcile those two? It's a good question. Because God is angry with the wicked thinking of this world. He's angry with the wicked ways of the wicked one. Because the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 that we fight against not flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness. The plan, the plan of Satan, the philosophy of the world, that's what God hates. But He loves sinners. And Jesus looks upon those without having a shepherd, not having any hope scattered about. He's moved with compassion. And I'm glad that we can take a message to a lost and dying world and offer them hope. There's hope because of the faithfulness of God. His loyal love is being offered Not only to the lost and dying world, and I'm thankful that Brother Arthur brought a great message last week in reference to the the cycle of the Great Commission and how it goes full circle. And it's so true. And we ought to go out because God is faithfully leading people to Himself. There's people waiting on us. You say, they don't look like they're waiting. 
Well, listen, just because they're looking in the wrong places doesn't mean they're not waiting for something that's true. Something that's pure. Here in just a few hours, we're going to have a meeting about what God's going to lead or how the Lord is going to lead our church in helping people that are bound by addictions and hurts and habits that can't be just don't can't seem to be escaped from. We as a church have a responsibility to offer hope based upon the faithful love of God because his compassions, they fail not. And God says that it is good, acceptable in the sight of God and our Savior, who will have all men, who desires to have all men saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Not all will, but he certainly wants them to. But then secondly, not only his compassions towards a lost and dying world, but secondly, I'm thankful for God's compassions towards his people who fail. You think upon Jeremiah. I mean, he, he, he could have been having all kinds of thoughts as he was sitting there, maybe some some broken down wall or just rubbish rocks and just weeping, thinking, look. I tried to tell them. I tried to tell them. Wouldn't listen. Just broken. Then he recalled to himself. There's hope. You know why there's hope, folks? It's because God is a covenant-keeping God. And just because the children of Israel rebelled against the Lord... You know what? There's one person that says Israel was down, but thank God they were not out. And there are times when we're down, but that doesn't mean we're out. Why? Because God's faithful. God's working. We're responding. The Lord is faithful to help His children bounce back. He will restore. He will forgive. He will renew. There will be reconciliation when people come back to God. There's freedom in that. There's liberation in that. There's joy in that when people come back responding to the mercy of God. We all experience failure in some way every day. But I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, thank God that does not change that he is faithful. I think upon those nav lights that we used to use. I've given the illustration and the nav lights we used at night. They were fixed on columns out in the harbor. Specifically, we were in Charleston and we would always have one, as I've mentioned, one that was taller. Sometimes it's like 10 to 12 feet tall. OK, out there in the in the, in the middle of the harbor in the channel. Okay, and then you would have a shorter one. Those of you that navigate boats at night, you know what I'm talking about. You got the tall and the shorter. And when those lights are lined up, okay, that means you're in the middle of the channel. But the moment you start uh, navigating outside the channel, of course, there becomes separation between the lights. Okay, and that gives you an indication that get back on track, get back on the channel. And I think upon that truth spiritually. God's faithfulness is always fixed. It does not change ever. And so when I'm navigating through life, there are times where spiritually it's doing this. If I'm looking at it, I'm, oh, I'm getting off course. But that doesn't mean God's character and faithfulness changed. It means mine did. 
And I need to get back on course and get my heart and soul lined up with being faithful to the all-faithful God. God never moves. Amen? He never changes. He's faithful. His compassions. I'm grateful. Not only is He faithful in His compassions, but thank God they're new and fresh every morning. (laughs) Amen? I'm reminded of Romans 8, you know, we've been looking at that, and I didn't go there that week. we were looking for, but there is now for, therefore now no condemnation to them once you are in Christ Jesus. You know, I'm, I'm just grateful this morning that I can wake up and be reminded of God's mercies every morning. God's forgiveness, they're brand new. I like the, I like the smell of fresh things, don't you? I, I like fresh air. Now, some, I like the smell of spring. Some of you saying, Pastor, I hate the smell of spring. It causes horrendous allergies. I get it. I understand. But then you like the smell of fresh clothes. I like the smell of, I don't know about y'all, but one of my favorite things is the smell in the morning, fresh cooked bacon. There's just something about that. Amen? I see all those Baptist heads doing that right there. The freshness, the freshness of things, freshness of life. Well, listen, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you realize you wake up every morning to the freshness of the faithfulness of God. He's right there waiting on you just to have that sweet communion. I'm thankful that God doesn't hold grudges. We as humans, we can be temperamental and boy, we even when somebody apologizes, we can kind of, you know. I forgive you. Not God. When He forgives, He forgives with a smile on His heart. Love, of course I forgive you and I love you. And if I can say this as reverential as I can, God says, come here and give me a hug. And what I mean by that, it means God wants that fellowship all the time. But the devil says, "Uh uh-uh. That's not the way it works. You messed up. It's going to be a long time for you can get things right. You're down. You stay down. That's where, hey, that's where he wants you to stay down. God's faithfulness is real. His compassions are fresh and abundant. And don't forget it. Please don't forget it. His compassions are free. You don't have, you don't even have to have, hey, you don't have to have coupons. Some of y'all are some, some coupon people. Ain't nothing wrong with coupon people, except when you get behind them in the grocery store. <laughs> Big old binders. If that's you, please, please don't get mad at me. Because my wife does it, okay? We don't have to have coupons. We don't have to have money. Listen, I want to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. God's compassions are offered freely. You don't have to work your way back up to Him. You just come to Him and say, Lord, you know where I'm at. I want your mercy. I want your forgiveness. And God gives it freely. Why? Because He's faithful. We see not only an aspect of his faithfulness through his companions, but I'm thankful this morning, and I may just only get to point number two. I said this morning, y'all like that, didn't you? I did better. This morning, we see his faithfulness in his calling. You know what verse I'm going to, don't you? First Thessalonians 5. 
24. Faithful is he which does what? Faithful is he that calleth you who will also what? He will do it. Faithful is he. That's First Thessalonians 5, 24. God is faithful when he puts the call on our lives, when he leads us daily, when he calls you to certain tasks, as he calls you to live out the, the life of a disciple of Jesus, as he calls you to give the gospel, as he calls you to fight spiritual warfare, as he calls you to different tasks and different appointments, as he calls you to different roles as dads and moms and husbands and wives and students and employees, as he calls you, faithful is God who will also do it. That's what we're learning about the Christ life, ladies and gentlemen. God's teaching us. Some of you know it better than I, and I, I thank God for you. But I'm still learning a lot about the Christ life. About being yielded to the Holy Spirit and understanding it's not my power, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit that's living the life of Jesus. He's living it through me. And what God calls me to, God's going to live it out through me. He's the operator, if you will. We were in the Iron Sharpeneth Iron Group, and I gave the illustration. It's like a, this piano over here. It's a fine instrument right here. It's all tuned and ready to go. Now, if I were to come over here and sit down, you may think I was a pianist. But you're wrong. Now, I could just try and see. Did that sound good? Noel, Noel, come, come, come play just maybe one, one stand of great is our faithfulness. You come over here. So you heard what I just tried to do. Now, Ms. Noel is going to come and play just a little bit of great is our faithfulness. Just think about the difference. Amen. Let me tell you the difference here. Thank you, sister. The difference is the operator. When I'm operating in the flesh, that means me, self-dependence, trying to live the Christian life with my power. You're going to get what I played. That's what's going to come out. But when the Holy Spirit is the operator, He's the one that's controlling my, my instruments, my body, mind, and spirit. He's controlling me. It's beautiful. Because it's Him! It's the Jesus life! And I think upon when God calls you, don't ever get to the idea, I just can't do that. Well, of course you can't, but remember, if you're a Christian, you got the operator in you. His name is the Holy Spirit who will live out the life of Jesus. Faithful is he that calleth you who will also do it. He's faithful. He's not going to call us. And I think upon our ministries, I think upon our, our marriages, I think upon our families, I think upon it all. I think of my job, my responsibility as a pastor, my responsibility. As, and you fill in the name, you fill in the gap. Some of you young people saying, I'm pastor, you don't understand it. 
I'm inundated with wickedness around me and my school and my circles that I'm around. They just don't see it. I don't see how I can live the Christian life. Young people, can I tell you something? You're exactly right. You can't. But when the Holy Spirit is operating and you have yielded to Him, He's faithful to do it. We start a, an addictions ministry here at Crooked Creek Baptist Church. If the Holy Spirit leads us to do that, you know who's going to do it? He is. We'll be vessels. We'll be channels. We'll grow in grace. We'll depend on the Lord. But the operator has to be the Holy Spirit. Because folks... Only God can meet the standard of God. And that's why so many Christians get frustrated in life. They try to live life in the flesh to, to, let, to follow the law. They either try to follow the law or reject the law all in together. And as Brother John explained to us, those are both fleshly. We want to let the Holy Spirit lead us with His power. God is going to complete what he has started, ladies and gentlemen. I heard an illustration recently, and I won't be able to give it like this author did, but it, I'll try to my best. You know, we, we believe God for big miracles. Do you realize that? Every day. <laughs> we do. In light of his creation. And I don't, listen, I don't claim to be a scientist here, but from what I understand... Our solar system, the, the earth and its orbit and the way the earth moves around its axis is about a thousand miles per hour. And in 24 hours at a thousand miles per hour, it'll do a 360 degrees, what we call a day. Now, that is miraculous. And even if you didn't believe the world was spinning, is it not just a miracle that is sitting still? It's a miracle. Hanging on nothing. We believe that. Now, has anybody recently woke up, uh, or not woke up, but at the end of the day just wondered, or maybe around noon thought to yourself, man, I wonder if we're going to make a full rotation today. It's silly, isn't it? Or if we woke up the next morning, Lord, whew, whew, glad we made that 360 again. No, we believe that great miracle of, of Jesus, by Him all things consist. The galaxies, the solar system, the Milky Way, which we're in, it's all held together and functioning by the hand of God. Now compare that miracle to your greatest difficulty right now. You think it's too hard for God. No, friends, nothing is too hard for God. He's faithful. He's faithful. We can trust Him, church. I could go some more, but we, I believe the Holy Spirit just wants us to settle there and think upon the faithfulness of God 
in our life. And you know what that should provoke us to do? You know what that should inspire us to do because of His faithfulness? You know what it ought to do? It ought to help us to be faithful. Say, Lord, you've been faithful. You're so faithful. Lord, I want to be faithful to you until you come. Lord, I want to be filled with your spirit. I want to be fervent for souls. And I want to be faithful to you until you come, Lord, because of your faithfulness to me. Where are you at today in your journey with Christ? Perhaps I'm speaking to someone here. You have not started your journey. You have no hope of eternity. You've never put your faith in the gospel. Today you can do that. Christian, perhaps you need to make a decision today to renew your heart and trust in the faithfulness of God. Because when you do, when you let God have the helm, you heard that beautiful music, didn't you? The music was not the piano. That was just the vessel. The music came through Ms. Noel, the operator. You say, well, that the, the piano's tuned. Well, yeah, somebody came in here, a piano tuner, whatever you call them, tuned it. And that's the same principle. The Holy Spirit does the tuning as well. He gets us where we need to be so we can be clean vessels for His use. Weak? Oh, yeah. Frail? Oh, yeah. Feeble? Mm-hmm. Forgetful? Oh, yes. All of the above. But one thing we can do is we can be clean. Sin confessed. And letting the Holy Spirit be the operator. Would you pray with me?